0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. I wish we didn't go to a Game 7, but, you know, that's the way the
1: the script was written. (laughs) So the biggest thing for us, man, we took an opportunity and and really cherished it and pushed through
0: and made a way. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. I love the... uh... I love the positive nature of Bam Adebayo. Well, you're up three to nothing. You end up having to go to Game Seven, and you, uh, you, you you've got to kind of tuck your tail between your legs, head back to Boston, and say, you know, we'll take it. It's it's uh, it, it's it's not a, it's it's what the script said at the end of the day, and here we are. I, I like that uh, that positive way of putting it mm-hmm. from uh, from one of Miami's key players. Yeah, it,
2: it I don't know. He, he it seems like he's kind of diffusing it. Uh mm. th- this series was a roller coaster. Yeah, it was. I mean they they go up 3-0, they look invincible and then Miami either Miami just decides not to show up or Boston finally landed their plane <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> and their threes. And their threes and then all of a sudden game 7 happens and they don't make any of them. Uh I don't really know much I don't know how to make much of this whole series as a whole, Josh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that quote from Adebayo is him just kind of breezing past, and we're focused on the finals
0: now. To, to me, that's how I received that. You know, before we hit Game 7, I, I feel like we have to go back to Game 6 on that Saturday night, and I remember the quote from Eric Spolstra, and, and I'll paraphrase it, but he basically was, he had a little fire lit under him, I think, and he said, you know, we're ready to play Game 7 now. You know, let's let's play 48 more minutes. Let's get out on the court right now and let's play it. And there's this stark contrast with these two coaches. And ultimately, Miami moves on and Eric Spolster's got finals experience. And Joe Mazzula is a rookie head coach and, well, didn't look like it. But I see Spolster after Game 6, he's like, let's go. You know, want to play. These guys are itching to get out there. You see a a guy who is uh, propping up his team as a hungry bunch. Yeah. Then you got Joe Mazzula before game seven. And part of his words, and maybe this isn't fair, but part of his words include, smile, enjoy the moment. You know, kind of trying to take the pressure off the team, I guess, but also, like, trying to find a way to make them feel good. Um Again, not fair because we don't really hear all the words, but it's it's this very different psychological impact. One guy's like, let's play right now. The other's like, hey, take this in. Enjoy this as best as you can because you've gotten here. So one's not content. One seemed like, hey, we made it. Don't let the pressure get to you. But we made it. You would think before the series, those roles would be flipped. If we ever got there, it's the eight seed that should feel like, hey, we're happy to be here. It's the one seed who should be saying, I want to play now. I want to go out and kick their butts. I want to go out and show that this loss was not a fluke. And it's amazing how those roles change so quickly the way that series went. Well, it's one coach who's won championships
2: before and another coach who is just happy to be there. Mm. I think it's summed up that qu- that um, that simply. I mean, if you look at yesterday's game, Josh, um, Spolstra drastically shifted um, the the feel of that game whenever he started implementing full-court press in the second quarter. I mean, th- that that's the mark of a, of a good coach. who yeah. We're up right now. We're going to keep it that way. Check this out. This is full-court press. Are you ready? Um, and then vice versa. If you look over at um, at Boston, that was very much the disposition of, hey, we're just gonna sit back and enjoy this while our team misses 23. Yeah. And fails to adjust after missing all those threes. Yeah, you, you can you can continue to tell yourself, yeah, smile. Be be glad that we're there. That attitude doesn't always help you win.
0: No. And you know, I love the press. Um, as someone who when I was when I was growing up. I hated the press hmm. because uh, in high school our rival was uh, was was Hilo High School and Al Molinguez, who is a uh, who's an icon of a coach, um, when he coached at Hilo High School for a long time, he was always known for a press. It was the one-two-one-one press, and they put it on you all the time, and so you knew you had to prepare and practice all week that you had to prepare for that press because it was relentless. And so we hated it because we we, we turned the ball over 10, 15 times just against that press. Get um, trapped at half court. Yeah or, yeah, or in the corner as soon as you inbounded. Mm. Um We've seen some colleges do it, and I like it. Um, I, I like the press, and I think there are some teams that are that are susceptible to the press. You rarely ever see it in the NBA rarely. unless it's in the final minute and you're putting it on to see if you can force a turnover or if not foul right away. And I wish more teams put it on. You have eight seconds to get the ball across. You have a 24-second shot clock. If you trust your guys are going to get back defensively, you're going to play hard nose, 100% effort defense, then even if they get across half court, you feel like you can be able to get back and you've got to, like, force the other team to rush into a shot. It's great. And Miami I felt like has played the better defensive series and I think I feel like has put more effort in that Eric Spolster dialing that up in in, in the second quarter was was genius. Absolutely. I <sighs>
2: Butler stripped Tatum a handful of times yesterday, but then Jalen Brown just absolutely coughed it up at times, too. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, Just dribbling it off his foot. Uh, Little things. Like, they had a defensive rebound one time, and it went off of Tatum's hands and then off of Smart's foot Mm -hmm. and ran Mm -hmm. out of bounds. So there were just little kind of minute things that – the heat were ready to accomplish that i don't think boston was and um the other thing that you don't see in the nba called hardly ever is traveling and Good they point. called a bunch on boston they called yeah. a bunch of it 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 almost looked like they were looking for it you know you know why lebron wasn't playing so <laughs> they could call traveling all day i mean that that is that is the <laughs> joke right there is if you're going to there were a couple that they showed in slow mo i was like man i don't know how you're going to call that a travel when we've all seen LeBron take five steps, <laughs>
0: sometimes six. Yes, sometimes he literally is walking the ball up half court. Yeah, or uh, Westbrook is the other one. Did you see the one though from last week? It was um, it, it was the Laker game, and I don't remember who it was, but it was talking to the official with the ball in his hands. It was um oh gosh. That sounds like
2: a D D-low thing. It was to do. it was
0: Scott Foster. Oh you know, the, okay. The, the the player's talking to Scott Foster, he's dribbling and then he stops dribbling and he's literally walking it up across half court. And Scott Foster's literally on his left hip and doesn't even call traveling.
2: Oh man. Then again I mean Foster's Scott Fo- the same dude that got worked, right? By yes. LeBron's shoulder. So I
0: I guess you can give him a little bit of a pass for, for maybe blurred vision or whatever. Oh man. Anyway. He got popped. Yeah. And anyway I think your point is the minutiae, the details that you have to have in a seventh game, that you have to be able to get down if you want to go to the NBA Finals. The Celtics didn't have, and the Heat put more effort into their game plan. Game seven usually comes down to
2: a fight. Mm -hmm. And, man, the the Celtics relied so much on the three-point shot that weren't dropping that I, I was amazed that they were so committed to that one game plan. They didn't start setting picking pick and rolls, screening the ball, um, anything. It, they were so committed to that one thing. The amount of threes I've watched, uh, Marcus smart miss yesterday was, was pitiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Horford as well too. Horford's supposed to be your big guy. Right. And Okay, if you're hitting your threes, great. But, man, it was brick after brick. And poor Boston. I'm not usually one to say poor Boston because their football teams won 100 Super Bowls at this point. <laughs> yeah. However, they were cheering like there's no tomorrow when they were down by, like, 13. <laughs> trying to, like, help them back into the game, and they just they had nothing left. Nothing left. They blew it all winning those three in a row.
0: This is a uh, a sports town that, in the last couple of months, has felt so much more misery than they have actual excitement. I mean, just look at at their hockey team getting eliminated by an eight seed, ironically, yeah. from Florida, uh, the Florida Panthers. Very ironic. And then, uh, and and look at this one seed that's in the Stanley Cup now. By the way, that's right. Take Super it on the, ironic. Taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. That. Uh, uh, that Stanley Cup series is going to start soon. I'm actually kind of as as a uh, kind of like in golf, I watch the majors. Yep. In hockey, I watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, Absolutely. and this is the Stanley Cup final, not the finals. For those that are are, are not versed in hockey, um, I am actually excited for this more so for Vegas than anything else because I want to see that that Vegas style atmosphere uh, for the for the uh, for the final. But anyway. It, to go back to that that mentality of being happy to be there, I think of the end of Game 6 and how a tip-in with .1 on the clock saves the day and, and maybe a poor decision by the officials to put three seconds on the clock and where maybe it should have been less, whether that makes a difference – Boston probably should have been out. There probably should not have been a game seven if not for that tip in with point one remaining. And it's almost like this again, like, whew. all right, we've, we've made it. We got here by the skin of our teeth. We're, we're barely here, but we're here now. what? It's all, it's almost like this lack of preparation for a game seven. When you, you got yourselves there, give yourself credit for that. You got yourselves there. It's like, now what? I'm going to tee you
2: up for something that I know is going to poke you a little bit. There's been something going around the NBA the last couple years that the games are fixed or that the games are scripted. That's Uh the better word. This series, I hope and I pray, can put all of that to bed. (laughs) This was the most unusual series. Even watching that game yesterday with – those thoughts in the back of my mind, because we're on social media. We're citizens of society yes, right now. You can't not hear that stuff. I'm watching this game going, this is not predicted. This is a joke. Yeah. If it weren't for Derek White, that game would not have even been 20 points. Right. It would have been closer to 40. Boston could not make a thing yesterday. I So... I wanted to throw that to you um, because I know how much you love conspiracy theories. Um, oh yeah! And to to me, I think this series. I'm going to use this series whenever people want to talk about scripted
0: this, scripted that, because to me, it's officially over. I need I need my X Files music, uh, which I thought, I, 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 yeah, I I need that every <laughs> every time conspiracy theories come up, and every time people kind of go go Looney Tunes on me. Then yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like X Files music is the perfect thing to have in the background. Um, why would the NBA want to script a series featuring so much bad basketball? That I mean, it, that that's the, that amount of bad basketball over seven days would last you a month in the regular season.
2: Boston had thirty-seven points in the first half. Thirty-seven yep. points. Yep. We we've seen uh, many games in this postseason. Teams getting that in the first quarter. Yep. Pitiful. Yeah, it's... Uh, I could have shot for the Celtics yesterday. I know I could have. Well, you would have hit the same amount of threes. That's what I'm saying. With their percentage, <laughs> I definitely could have been a part of that three for 18, whatever
0: they were. Yeah. I mean, I could have as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but I have to shoot off the dribble. I can't shoot flat-footed. <laughs> I, I've learned that during basketball season. When, when you know Shooting in front of people like Kanoa Leahy and Artie Wilson, um, not wanting to airball shots in front of them, feeling the pressure uh you know an hour or so before game time I had to remember. Dribble momentum top of the key, fire the three. Can canoa play? One. Oh yeah, Kanoa can play. He can play? If not for an injury, I think Kanoa would maybe have had a better high school career. Canoa mm-hmm. can play. He can play. He's got a he's got a good looking shot. Okay. Um I just I just hope his knee is okay. Mm. But uh but he's that, a tall guy? Yeah. Can't teach tall no, you can't. How tall is he? Gosh, what, six? Six
2: one, six two, something that's, like that? That's Hawaii high school tall. Yeah. I mean, you your <laughs> pickup, they're putting you down low.
0: That is is—that is true. You're playing the five but in pickup. It just doesn't get you ready for college because in college, you don't you have a one center.
2: You better be really fast. <laughs> you better play
0: really good defense. Uh, coming up, uh, we got a lot of things to do here over the course of the show. We'll talk about our weekends here in a little bit. We'll look back at University of Hawaii baseball in which uh, – what a finish to that series between Hawaii and UC Santa Barbara. Uh, it led to some controversy on Selection Monday yesterday in which uh, the Big West only got one team. Uh, UC Irvine out. UC Santa Barbara out. Uh, Cal State Fullerton getting the auto berth, the only team that would get in. And uh, uh, there are was, there was some controversial words that came from that selection show. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that with Dan Butterley, the commissioner of the Big West Conference, um, seeing his conference go from potentially three bids to one, uh, how he feels about that if we are any closer to figuring out uh, the tournament for 2025. Uh, so i'm uh, I, I'm intrigued in what uh, in, in what Commissioner Butterly is going to say mm. uh, coming up in a little while. and of course we'll, uh, we'll we'll revisit the now finals conversation, nuggets and heat, and uh, our, our way too well I guess it's not way too early, it's now two days away. Um, our our predictions for this series because the Nuggets will have had a whole nine days before this series, and the Heat will have had two days of rest. Jokic could have gone to Serbia and back. He could that have of time. He could have. Uh, he probably couldn't have gone on a cruise, uh, but he could have. He could and have maybe flown you don't around want the world. To. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> Hunter Hughes, how was your weekend? Your uh, your long Memorial Day weekend. It was good, especially after Brandon
2: uh, to you walking the beach at <laughs> Kailua.
0: That was awesome. That was uh, was it? What Saturday? Was it was it Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, you were you were exercising.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that's my uh, that's my my time with uh, time with me, myself, and I. My thoughts and just enjoying the beach. And for for those listening, Josh and I enjoy long walks on the beach yes, whenever me. we're
0: not on the radio, especially uh, get close to sunset. <laughs> Days winding. It's down. lovely. Yeah. So you so what you run uh, what what's your what's your exercise at at uh, Kailua Beach?
2: I usually will run the, the length um kind of to Kaneohe side of the park of, to the That's to the right. um
0: hit the rock and then walk back. So So yeah, so I caught you on the walk back. Mm-hmm. Um I am not in shape. Uh and and a lot of it is um you know being gone. So so my wife takes the, takes our dog and they They will do the length and Mm. back. Sometimes they run some of it, not all of it. Um, Me being home here lately, I am not in shape to run all the way down and back. So I actually – I I slow everybody down. I just walk the entire way.
2: I will say earlier in the day is easier. Oh, is it really? Okay, so like around uh, 1 or 2 in the afternoon, although it might be a little warmer, the – um, the sand down by the water um it's it's low tide, okay, so it's much flatter down mm-hmm. there. I'm sure mm-hmm. you ran into like points where it was kind of steep,
0: yes, oh, definitely.
2: And so late in the afternoon, you run into that much more than earlier in the afternoon for low tide,, yeah. and it's a it's a much more enjoyable um
0: thing as you're kind of getting back into it so because I slow everybody down, uh it got pretty late. I don't think we got back to the car until maybe like 8ish or so. Wow, okay. So, yeah, it got dark. It's like as, 5 whole miles down is. and back. Yeah. So, it was getting dark. You know, there's some there's some jellyfish that are, that oh, are yeah. out there too, you so you got to stay stay awake. There was there was a point in time where not only did it get dark, but it started raining as well. And uh it was getting a little cold. And I was like jellyfish I can't even see him. Whatever, let's just go. <laughs> let's just start walking faster. Let's just get back to the beach park and let's Josh officially just officially
2: reach screw it level.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Uh, made it back. It was. It was fine. Um, yeah, I, I am not in. Uh, I, I. I am not in shape to to do that any faster. But I can. I can guarantee you, our weekends were better than this woman, uh, who in uh, on the Big Island. Followed her GPS right into the water. Uh, This was at Honoka Small Boat Harbor. This is according to Hawaii News Now. So uh, this is a a woman who's a a tourist, came here, I guess got a rental car, and wanted to get to Honoka Small Boat Harbor. Don't know why. Um, Maybe she had plans to swim. She she found the harbor. She did. She said GPS took her to the area where the boat ramp was. And she thought it was a big puddle. Yeah, so uh, she took her Ford Edge into deep water, um, and then the GPS promptly said, "Make a U-turn."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but here's here's the best part to the story. So, and and, and the woman's fine. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to make fun of her. She was seriously hurt. Uh, no one was hurt. Um, but she's submerged, or the the car is beginning to get submerged in this big puddle called the boat ramp. And this witness says she did take some time when it comes to trying to get out of the car. She ended up grabbing her backpack or purse, all of her belongings that she could grab before she got out. And she said... And I'm kind of frustrated with it because I know that as soon as it starts to actually go underwater, she's in trouble. The
2: security cam footage has to be out there. It's got to be. got to be. Now, the thing is, though,
0: this isn't the first time that's happened because a few weeks ago it happened to a, uh, another pair of people who don't live on Hawaii Island. They said their GPS led them to the boat ramp that they drove right down at Honokahau Boat Harbor. Now, that AI got to chill, man. Yeah. So here's the thing. I am no expert in following directions. And I have had my own issues with GPS. Driving now for the last uh, five months away from here, I am very much reliant on a GPS system. Maps on my phone can be the best thing ever. There comes a point, I would think, when common sense prevails. Like, if you get to the boat harbor and you see water, and you start to see boats... And maybe something looks like a ramp. When does your common sense kick in to say, "I don't think that's a road"? Like when do you start seeing, you know, cars, uh, you know, parked in a certain area, and you think, "I think this is leading me here." That you you see the ramp and think, "Yeah, this is this is not it." Like you forget maps at that moment and you use brain. When does that kick in? That's like.
2: Grabbing a a gallon of milk out of your fridge, and it says on the label that it's still okay to drink, and yet the milk is clumpy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have one more uh, one more gripe session on uh, on my uh, my weekend, and I guess I'll have to wait because we got Sports Center coming up here in a little bit. But it has to do with people who don't know how to make a line move. Um, and it's, and because they don't know how to make a line move and you're in Waikiki, you ultimately have people waiting in the sun, uh, waiting in line because you couldn't keep a line moving. I'll explain that, uh, coming up in just a little bit off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu. Good to have you in Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. We'll get to uh Hawaii baseball coming up in a little bit and the uh the field of sixty four for NCAA baseball was released and uh the Big West did not have a great day yesterday, uh in the uh in the field reveal. Uh I gotta finish up the uh, the Memorial Day frustrations though. So, um you know, none of us drove into a harbor, thankfully. Um That's gotta be natural selection
2: just taking care of itself.
0: Well, in a way.
2: Combined think, with the AI built into that GPS. There is the possibility of that, I guess. Um, that's that's crazy yeah. to me.
0: So we went to, uh, to go get ice cream mm. yesterday. We figured, okay, um, wife wanted Dole Whip, and we were at Ala Moana, and we figured, okay, we'll go walk over to Waikiki. There's a place that they said had Dole Whip. Turns out they didn't. Um, but popular popular place, Lappard's yeah. over at uh, Hilton White, uh, Hilton Waikoloa, uh, Hilton Hilton Hawaiian Village, different island, Josh. Yes, I know. See, I'm thinking of Honoka, House small boat harbor as I <laughs> as I think that. So you know you expect lines to be long, especially on a holiday, and you got a lot of people down there, and you expected it. So we get there. Um, the line was kind of confusing because there were people kind of all over the place, but we end up standing outside where we ended up believing the line was, and we were we were right about it um and we're standing there and it's a little while I'm seeing some movement you know in in the the line near the casing where people are ordering their ice cream and they're seeing it get scooped you can see the ice cream right there and we're we're still kind of outside and you know while we're questioning in you know where the line is there's there's a guy there well there's there's a couple of things there's like a guy walking in and out and you know, just kind of as you choose is whatever. And then there's another guy who's just standing there right by the door. So we're outside. We're right by that that left side door. Okay. So we're outside, and there's a, there's a line starting to form behind us outside, and I'm not seeing any movement inside. So I'm wondering, what's what's what is this person doing? There's I, I, I don't want to say who it is. It's it's a male. Um, but he's just he's just there, and he's just talking to people, and I don't know what he's doing. I I I don't know what's happening. And finally, this person moves like about five minutes later, and once he moves out of the way, that whole back part of Lappert's opens up, and you're finally able to get in because he's the guy blocking the entire way. Hmm. And I'm thinking he's in line because he's just talking to people, and I'm and I'm I'm thinking he's actually part of the line. No, and I didn't know this till after. This guy was part of a group of, oh, I don't know, maybe like 10 to 12 people, which includes the the guy just walking in and out as he chooses, kind of making people confused about where the line is because he's walking in this entrance, he's walking in another entrance. Like, where is the line? So this guy finally moves. We find out at the very end that he's part of a group of about 10 to 12, and they're all ordering at once, which is fine. No problem with it. If you got a group of 10 to 12, take your time, order everything you want. But this guy was so oblivious to the fact that there was a line forming outside because he's standing where the line was at the back part of the wall just talking story to his group a portion of the group of 10 to 12 that are there ordering that he's so oblivious to the fact that we're all getting sunburned outside Oof. when we don't need to be because the back part of the ice cream place is opening up but the guy's such an idiot that he's not looking ahead of him and seeing oh hey all this empty space or maybe I'll just you know move within the line that's in part of the group in front of me or I don't know. Maybe I'll stand outside, cause I'm everybody's ordering for me. I'm not actually ordering myself.
2: It sounds like he was too busy converting oxygen
0: into uh, CO two. Sure, sure. Um, I'll take your word for it. But uh, <laughs> it's like, guys, I wanted to get home and watch the end of Game Seven of the uh, the Celtics Heat series. That did not help me. Get home for Game Seven mm. of the Celtics Heat series. You didn't go. miss much. Oh, I know. I, I, been honest, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. But but that kind of inattention and lack of understanding of uh, people around you just frustrated the heck out of me. That's um, that was that was the close to my, I would say, long weekend. I mean, it kind of was. I mean, we're No no game Sunday, which is which is a change. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was my sour taste to the end of the Memorial Day weekend. Mm. I'm sorry, man. As, as you know, as I get older, the the
2: more frustrating thing for me is unawareness mm-hmm. in people. Mm-hmm. It, I'm I'm okay. Let's just use driving for instance. I'm okay if you aren't skilled. Um, oh, I'm not okay
0: if you're okay. not skilled if you're driving. No, I'm not okay with that.
2: You know what? Let's do let's do a better let's do a better one. Okay, let's let's go golf. Okay, because oh. <laughs> it's a little bit more practical. I'm okay if you're not good. I am not okay if you're not good and you're slow. <laughs> makes sense.
0: That Keegan's makes sense. clapping
2: from the other room.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ke- Keegan's clapping. He can say that because he's actually not not good. Um. He's he's okay.
2: Let's let's do another one. Surfing. I am not good at surfing. Neither am okay. I. Okay. I've heard many of my serving friends, they assure me, Hunter, it's all good that you're not good. It's just not okay if you're not good and in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. Okay, You have to have your head on a swivel. I believe that needs to be a trait learned by everyone on this earth. Yes. To be aware how your positioning, regardless of situation, is affecting those around you. Yeah. I think it, it plays probably... Uh, More importance over here because land is scarce. Um, Space is scarce. We're usually in compact places more often than other places. Um, And with that, it's not all about you. Right. You have to think about other people. Um, And I, I think for the most part, for the most part, those who call this place home understand that.
0: Oh, for sure. I will take your driving one um yeah. a, a step in a different direction okay like when you're in a left-hand turn lane uh-huh and you know that left-hand turn lane is only going to at last for a little while uh because you know based on who's on that sensor underneath the road right sure. and by the way for some people who don't know there is a sensor underneath the road up there by that white line so if you th- if you're
2: that's why scooters if they're in the front the line, the light
0: will not be tripped, right? Because they're not heavy enough to trip the sensor, right? It also depends if, if, how how many how long the sensor is mm. in, in that. But it, I've I've seen times in which, and if you're one of these people, listen: if you're thinking, oh, um, you missed the stop line, and your car is past the stop line, and you're sitting there wondering why haven't I gotten the arrow? It's because you're not on the sensor. So you're going to sit there forever without the line or without the light unless someone ends up being behind you and trips the sensor and then you'll get the arrow and then you'll get to go at some point but if you're not on the if you're not behind the line you're not on the sensor you're not getting the the, uh, the turn anyway that, that wasn't where I was going so you're in the left-hand turn lane you're car five okay you're definitely not on the sensor. And let's say I'm car six, and I start seeing people moving in that left-hand turn lane.
2: It's already questionable if you're car six that you're going to make it. That is correct. Yeah. And
0: the person in front of me is not. Mm. And the reason why this person is not moving is because they're looking at their cell phone. Yeah. And they realize five seconds later after all the cars have started moving, oh, shoot, I better go – Start moving. Mm. And by the time they start moving... Yellow. It's yellow. And they zoom through the yellow to the red, and you're stuck. It's already questionable. You don't get to go because the person in front of you decided to not pay attention and be on their cell phone. And you're probably going to end up late for work because you're going to have to sit there another couple minutes for the next cycle of, of lights because person five... Decided not to pay attention. That's that's my driving. Um. I've got another one. All right. Let's hear it.
2: People who fully stop at stop signs when there's nobody else around are what's wrong with society. Wait. Explain this one. Okay. Um, university and Dole. Okay. okay. Or further down, closer to St. Louis Heights. Okay? okay. There's kind of that veering right to go down the hill. Uh-huh. There's hardly anybody around. Right. When people fully stop at that stop sign, why, why why do you need to fully stop just roll down the hill? Okay, you and I are gonna disagree with this one i am I f I'm I'd be happy to. Okay. You, you look you glance over your shoulder as you're entering into the turn, yeah. there's no one coming down the hill. There's no pedestrians around. Yeah. What's the point? Okay.
0: Keep rolling. So I can see like if you were on the break and you come to a stop for like a second. That, that,
2: that I'm not saying that I'm blowing through the stop sign. No, I, okay, like, got it. I'm talking creeping. Okay, but the people that will go out of their way to to me, they're they are slowing the the traffic and they're slowing everybody else behind them down uh-huh. by fully engaging a stop and standing and staying stopped for like two to three seconds. Right. I mean, the type of stop that would make a a DMV driving <laughs> test. <laughs> uh, <laughs> person just gush or, yeah. or a cop start applauding okay <laughs> we don't need that kind of stop is what i'm saying okay, okay. It, it's just so out it is so out of pocket for me josh okay roll
0: through it okay it's, you're not helping anyone okay uh i hope there is no student driver listening while the radio's on with uh, with dad or mom sitting in the passenger seat hey you can do it just don't get caught Here's I I got one more. This is via text (laughs) at uh, at 808-296-1420. This one actually hits kind of close to home. Uh, How about the idiots that don't know the difference between merge and yield? There we go. Now, I got a great example in this one. Um, Hawaii Kai. Okay. If you go past – you're going up Keohole. Okay. And you've got the the Safeway Shopping Center on the right. Uh You go up to the light. And let's say you're turning left on that light, so you're turning left onto Hawaii Kai Drive. And on the other side of the road, they have that right turn that is kind of it, it's it's uh, kind of off the road, right on the uh-huh. right hand turn, and they have a yield. It's kind of a rolled turn That's right. as well. It's not quite a right angle. That's right. Yeah. So so they yield. Yep. Totally. Most people don't yield. Mm-hmm. And so there's a. Um, they just go. They just go, and there are people because there's a there's a, a housing complex on the right that's like almost immediately next to uh-huh. it. There's like there's this area where people go and volunteer, kind of like a um, a nature area right next to it. Uh-huh. Um, you know there's there's other places on the right hand side where so where people who are turning left on that road they have to get to the right lane immediately. They should have the ability to go right, but you got people zooming through that right-hand corner without yielding, uh, just without stopping nothing, just flying right through it.
2: Um, Yet another reason to keep your head on a swivel. You almost have to think for them to do something incorrectly.
0: I have seen so many close calls there. Oh, yeah um be and and then and then some of those people I when you bet. when you try to get into that lane if you have to get into that lane those people get mad at you because you're impeding them like no that's not what the rule of law is on a yield if you're supposed to yield the other one i think of and actually many people are good at this some people are not the um when you're when you're coming off the exit right in front of a university okay going westbound on the h1 and you got people. Keegan's like, yes, yes, this is the one. Problem is, there's there's no like true marking That's on right. that exit, but a lot of gray. There there is some gray area, but it is very clear. If you're not, if you're coming off of an exit, at least it's it's common sense that you don't just fly by and think you have the right of way going into the right lane. No. You have to merge in where allowable because you've got a lot of traffic in that right lane as it is. And some people just have no clue about that. It's like they don't know, you know the the basic rules of driving off of an exit onto a freeway. Yep. Now find the gas pedal,
2: okay? Because okay. I know exactly what you're talking about right there. Yeah. Especially like after a UH game, something like that. People are exiting from UH onto H1 headed west, mm-hmm. okay? I'm totally fine. You merge. You want to jump in front of my car? All good. Find the gas pedal. You're on the highway. Yes. 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 Find the gas pedal. Yes. I Your car, majority of people out here are driving cars that can go 0 to 60 in probably like five seconds. Right. Okay? Which means you can definitely hit 45 in three. Yeah. Okay? Find the gas pedal. I agree. That one, that one I really feel strongly about. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right, got a few texts on uh, our conversation on traffic. (laughs) Some of it is directed toward you, my friend. Bring it on. First off, a texter from the 223 says, 0 to 60 in 5 seconds is not possible with manual transmission, which is a good point. Um, Although I haven't seen a vehicle in manual okay. transmission in quite some time. My my point
2: with that was find the gas pedal. If you're entering the highway, you're no longer on a
0: service ramp. Mm-hmm. Be aggressive. Okay. You're on the highway. Right. Just don't, don't just get on there and go 20
2: and wait. That's right. You know. And if you can't go super fast, stick that hand out the window and
0: hold the Shaka. Let them know that you're trying. That is why there are minimum speeds. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the other one. So this is – these are the ones that are coming at you, my friend. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Keone says, Hunter, those that don't stop at stop signs are breaking the law. Please don't advocate for people to blow through stop signs. There are too many who don't stop or slow down in my neighborhood. They go through crosswalks at speed. The turn you are talking about has a crosswalk. Um, There was another one that I totally lost there because they were kind of saying the same thing. Oh, here – uh, from the 224, it is the law to make a complete stop at a stop sign. I know you okay. wanted to respond to that. That's right.
2: Now, I, I'm not condoning people to blow through stop signs. Yeah. That, that was not my point. My point was those that stop beyond what is necessary, as if a driving instructor is in their passenger seat. Uh-huh. To me, that's not okay. Okay. Stop, briefly stop, go.
0: Right, so you're saying don't stop for like five seconds. That's right. If there's nobody there, once that's exactly you, right. Once you notice that nobody's there, and you notice that pretty quickly, then then go. Don't now. Don't don't.
2: I go right up to the stop sign. I'm riding the brake the entire time. I'm just barely, if anything, if there is any movement, I'm talking like inches. Okay, okay? it's like barely moving. Then you go. Once you realize there's no car to your left, there's no car to your right, there's nobody in the pedestrian area, mm-hmm. I can then stop the vehicle in a millisecond. And I, I understand not everybody has has that, that, that ability, but to me, stopping beyond the time that's necessary – is it it, it it to me? I'm like, what is the point here?
0: Gotcha. Okay, so so the people who think that you're you're advocating for not stopping at a stop sign, it's that's that's not what that's they not mean. the case. Okay, uh, I knew we would probably trigger some things when it came to uh, roadways. That's just – that's normally how it is. I mean in, in an island where I'm sure we'll get our first traffic update in about uh, six minutes. So. I got one more. Okay. okay. All right. Let, let me it's hear it. It's a big,
2: diff- okay, big difference coming from the mainland my whole life to Hawaii uh-huh. with certain things. Uh, don't even want to call H1 the highway because it's totally different. You can only go at 45 miles an hour. It's not like anywhere else in the mainland.
0: Depending where on – Depending on, on where you're, you're at. Goes that's up right. up to 55.
2: Now, there are some – I believe rigid rules with driving on the freeway that need to be honored. Like, farthest left is the speed. Yeah. Is the speed lane. Yeah. Middle is for merging. Yeah. Right is for exits. Right. It is so Hawaii for you to get in the right lane and just ride in the right lane. hmm And especially in the morning whenever traffic is heavy. You are part of the problem. You are part of the problem when you are in the right lane and you are not exiting. If your exit is not coming for a long time, get out of the right lane.
0: Mm -hmm. So I have a rule of mine on getting to an exit because my exit I think is – was it Luna Lilo coming off? Yep. Okay. my rule is I want to make sure that I am in the right lane because I get I get in trouble all the time. My wife's like, why are you in the right lane? It's a slow lane. There we go. Part of, well, part of it is I don't like merging, especially if there in traffic. I like to comfortably be in the same lane. But I recently amended that. Um, I want to be in the lane that I am merging um, within two miles of the exit. All right. And I think I've learned that being a, in traffic in California, not necessarily knowing all the different places of where you are, that if I give myself two miles, I'll get there. And in, and in you know full traffic, I don't want to take the chance of missing my exit.
2: Okay. Two, real quick. Two yeah, miles. 40 seconds. Where, where's your marker?
0: Okay. You're coming from the east. So
2: I'm driving wanna, west. I
0: want to make sure. Um, Is it the Hawaii self-storage sign right by UH? No, 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 no. It's um right past UH. Okay. So before the uh, the exit before that gets you you closer. Home. Yeah. Um, the one past was it Wilder?
2: Yeah, Wilder. Wilder's the one. Yes. Okay. Wilder in my mind, Wilder's okay. Okay. Hawaii Self Storage. Two <laughs> exits before then is not okay.
0: That's fair. <laughs> I wanted to know what the marker was. You can uh, text us. You can call us at 808-296-1420. I know which one you're talking about now. That's that's previous. That's prior to South King. That's right. Is uh... <laughs> that's and the... and uh, Kapiolani. <laughs> good point. Uh, But you know, sometimes lots of traffic makes it difficult. So you just try to find a way where you uh, merge where you can. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. 0-1. Breaking ball driven out to right center field. On the run is Mortensen. Still on the run. It is a home run. And Hawaii walks it off. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. So where were you this weekend? I feel like that's the same question we just asked ourselves about 45 minutes ago. Uh, Before
2: our rant on park, uh, our no. on
0: on parking, holding not parking. up lines. Yeah, well, driving, uh, driving in holding Hawaii, holding up lines at the uh, at the ice cream shop, and uh, who knows what various other rants we threw out there.
2: You were calling a walk off.
0: I was calling a walk off. Uh, that was that was kind of fun. Uh, Hawaii baseball, not only with the walk off. On uh, on Saturday, but the sweep of UC Santa Barbara, which ultimately prevented UC Santa Barbara from getting into the NCAA tournament, you can look at that two ways. By the way, you can look at it as like a, a feather in your cap, saying, "Hey, we um, we just kept somebody from going into the field of 64." Uh, you could look at it from the other side, which is um, the Big West is back to being a one bid league, and it's kind of our fault. Um, you can you can look at it any which way. Hmm. I think in that moment you're thinking, "Wow, um, Hawaii just swept a legitimately good team that did not look like a very good team when yeah, they we, were here."
2: We put 17 runs on them on, on Thursday, Thursday night, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Hawaii trailed in every one of those games. Hawaii gave up runs in first innings in every one of those games, and still lost or, or still won every one of those games. Hawaii had a nine-two lead that they blew in the eighth inning, and it gave you these flashbacks to uh, UC Riverside and C and all, especially there because Hawaii had leads in in some of those games that they ultimately lost. Cal State Fullerton and still came back. That Meow home run in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning was a was a walk off that allowed them to avenge losing a nine-two lead. Um, that was special. It was special for it to happen on senior night. It was special to happen in front of a sold-out crowd, hmm. which was the second time this year, I believe, that that Hawaii had a sellout for baseball. Um, and it was it was special because I think it sent a message going toward next year. I mean, Hawaii was close this year, um, you know, and 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 ultimately placing, I think, was a tie for fifth in the Big West. Doesn't sound like it's very close. Hmm um three games out of first, being in a tie for fifth is not bad, but bigger picture, 29 wins, one more than last year. Um, a, a winning season in conference play for the second consecutive year. Um, there were there were a lot bigger things that I think really kind of kind of made a difference and I think it was to, to see that all cul- culminate on Saturday night to wrap up the season was pretty cool.
2: Do you think we and do you see any environment where we could have put 17 runs on the board against Fullerton?
0: Um, you mean in uh, in Fullerton earlier this year?
2: Sure, or if you know Fullerton coming here, you know let let's change the teams. Okay, if, if it was Fullerton here instead of uh, Santa Barbara, do you imagine there being? an environment where the, we could have put 17 runs on Fullerton? Because I, I don't think that that could have happened, which my point is mm. I don't see Santa Barbara on the same level as Fullerton.
0: Interesting. Um, well, that's a good question. You know, these these two teams are so different. Um, you know, Fullerton, when Hawaii played them in March, um, they weren't the buzzsaw of the team that they became – Later in that month into April in the beginning of the May uh, of the May beginning of May before they went on that eight game losing streak. They also had some injuries they were dealing with. They lost their number two starter um, a week or two ago. And so they've kind of had to staff the, the rest of the way. I mean, Fortune going into the NCAA tournament is not at its best.
2: They're not peaking.
0: No. Or um, I'd say
2: Hawaii is kind of they're definitely on the upward swing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the year. This is kind of like last year, although mm. in a in, in a much shorter stint. Um, you know, Hawaii kind of surged to the finish line. Hawaii in the last month of last year surged to the finish line to a third place finish. I also, and this this is a very humble show. Um, when when we get stuff wrong, we just ignore it, and when we get stuff right, we just eh, just kind of low key play. We're a very humble show. That's right. We're very humble hosts. But ever since we brought up Taylor Swift music during uh, opponents batting practice and trying to create a home field advantage for, um, you know, even in before the game, Hawaii is 6-0. Baby, we got bad blood. That was one of the songs. Uh, There were some slower ones in there. And it worked. I love it. That's awesome. You know. There are sometimes
2: the shows. This show hasn't been around very long either. When, when did we start? Like, first week of February? March? Last week of February? Something, something like, like that. Yeah. That. That's one of our claim to fame
0: so far. When off the bench makes a difference. Did we come up with that idea in the less? We came up with that idea the day before the UC Davis series, mm. uh, when we were at Beer Lab. That's right. It was Beer Lab. And it was right before the Rich Hill Show. Or our extra innings with Rachel.
2: And then uh, the next day, they put it into action. That's
0: right. And it was put into action because the dad of the person who was running the music on that day said to, to Carter, uh, hey, uh, make sure you've got Taylor Swift in the playlist. Yes. Didn't want us to know, by the way, it was him. And then it was just Taylor Swift for about a good 20 to 25 minutes at the ballpark before people way? were kind of coming in.
2: Is there a way to incorporate that for football? It's not like they have BP when we aren't taking BP. Well,
0: and and correct me if I'm wrong, but when they're on, on the field and they're stretching and they're doing their warm-ups, they're on one side and Hawaii's on the other. It's That's not right. like they and have the full field.
2: And we're all in the, the same stadium, the same stadium environment, listening to the same speakers.
0: Right. The only thing I can think of is going back to Aloha Stadium when I guess June Jones wanted some of the, you know, the, the, the Hawaiian tunes and, you know, some of Rolo the. would do that, too. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe that was maybe that was the reason for that. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, that was definitely his intention, but it put us to sleep as well because <laughs> we're all warming up at the same time. Yeah. So it, it's not like in baseball, each team takes turns
0: with batting with practice, practice. and taking the infield. Right.
2: However, you could, you could uh, Jimmy rig their locker room to play T Swift. That you could do.
0: Like, uh, is, well, do they have speakers in their locker room now? Keep we in could mind, hide this them. Is, this is the baseball locker room they're using.
2: We could hide them.
0: Or, when they come out one final time, when they come out onto the field before the game starts, they come out to. So, you know cuz a lot of times you get out of the of the tunnel or you get out of wherever you're walking from or you get out from the baseball stadium right now and you're amped, right? You get out there and you're you're puffing your chest and you're yeah. flexing and you're running out there and you are amped. How do you do that when you're playing um let's let, let's let's keep Taylor Swift to baseball. Okay. When you're coming out to John Mayer. Ooh. You're coming out to a your, gravity or or uh your body is a wonderland by John Mayer, <laughs> and you're coming out, and you are running, and you are pumping your fist, and you are flexing to. Your body is a wonderland by John Swimming Mayer.
2: Swimming in a deep sea of blankets. They, they, yeah, they, it's not know, happening.
0: Right, see that's <laughs> that is when you can create a home field advantage. I think that's for for that good thirty seconds is when you have that.
2: Mm. That that would require top notch precision from the game day Operations, production crew, operation yeah. crew. That uh, I, I haven't observed them being on on that side of things for football. Well, well it's for tough. Football. They're, they're, There's a lot going on for for a game day. Oh, for football. no doubt. Yeah, and
0: it's tough too because they can't see the whole field. They're no. they're tucked away in like a trailer um, by where the scoreboard is. So what they have to accomplish is made that much harder because you know not like in in uh, in Simplify arena at Stan Sheriff Center. yeah, they are you know they're they're underneath and not the, they're not in the concourse they're they're below. so they're they're court level but underneath um, but they have cameras they can see everything that's going on because they've got you know they've got visuals in front of them. They have like a, a really nice like television type, control room in there hmm. um so that's very helpful but you know in, in in you know for football you're literally in the corner in a like a makeshift like trailer um which is
2: which is kind of tough but anyway we, we should send the baton twiller that can't catch the baton oh man put her over oh, on the opposing man. bench
0: anyway um going <laughs> going back to baseball um what what is your takeaway from uh from this 2023 year
2: I think similar to football, um, I think any college coach is going to be judged on their second year mm-hmm. because it's their first year that their recruiting class is in and making a difference. Mm-hmm. And so um, this the verdict, I think, is out on Coach Ridge Hill that he can win games, mm-hmm. uh, that he can recruit here locally. Um and that he wants to be here and seems uh you've spent a lot more time with with coach ridge than i have but uh it seems like he's a good fit for this place uh, he gets it um for any um cultural things that maybe he wasn't quite aware of had, any interaction i've had with him he seems to have the want to learn mm-hmm. um and uh the, the the team is is exciting um you know i i think Pitching will continue to improve. You know I, that that's been a very big strong suit for us. You know that that was I think Trapasso's strength was recruiting pitching. Well, he was a pitching coach. That's right. Yeah. Um. And so I think some of that will I think iron itself out. But uh, yeah, I think anytime that we're in the top half of the Big West is a baseball conference. I I, I don't care how you slice it. Um. That is the strength of that conference. And I. I can't help but wonder if we, and I know we'll probably talk to you uh, with Butterfield here at the bottom of the hour. Butterfield.
0: Damn Butterly. Butterly, sure sorry, sorry. sorry. Butterly!
2: Butterly! Sorry,
0: I'm still in the Chris Hart
2: line. There we go. That's right. I saw the email in all caps. Yes, yes you did. Um, butterly, not Butterfield. He, uh, you're
0: thinking of like, well, you're thinking of Butterball and then combining everything together. You're I, thinking of Thanksgiving.
2: I'm thinking, try to make the word butter into a name. So that was that, that was my attempt I got right you. there. I got you. Can't help but wonder what would happen in a couple years with the Big West tournament with our team peaking towards the end of the year if we might make a run. So um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. How about you?
0: Um I I I can't I, I you know, I know some people don't like hearing it, but I think you cannot talk about this year and talk about where this team did fall short because, you know, on, on one end, yeah, 29 wins exceeding what they did last year. You always want to build, right? You, you have one more win overall. I think you had one less in conference, but you're still, you know, plus 500. And I think the other things that you take away, um, you beat the eventual conference champion twice. uh, So you win that series. You've beaten everybody in conference at least once you've never lost or you've never been swept in a series. That's, Hawaii has been swept in two years in the big West conference um, that mm. is hard to do and that's why this team competes I think you ultimately think of being you know three games back you can't help but to think of games in which maybe Hawaii really needed to win that they didn't and baseball is what it is and there will be games that you drop that um you shouldn't on paper, but there's more pressure in college because of the amount of games versus in Major League Baseball about fifty ish, or you know, forty nine in Hawaii's case versus one sixty two in Major League Baseball. So you think of those two games at UC Riverside. Now you're within uh, one game of of UC San Diego. You think of that game in which Hawaii. Lost on a walk off um, at Cal State Fullerton on that Sunday. Now you're square, and now you have a tiebreaker with UC San Diego, which would get you into the NCAA's. Um, It's hard to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. Yep. But I think when you play as well as you do, and you beat, and you make UC Santa Barbara look like a team that didn't belong. That's right. Which they did. Um. I think you do have to look back at a couple of those games and ask yourself, man, if if you don't lose on a walk-off walk, if you don't lose 3-2 to, to to CSU Bakersfield twice, or you don't lose at UC Riverside, the bottom team in the conference, how different does this season look? Hmm. And you could, I think, legitimately be talking about an NCAA tournament team right now if not for some of that. So it's not to... It, I think it's to add the proper context this year I to this year I don't say it in putting down the team I say it in putting the context of how close this team was and where this team could have gone with how talented they were and I think that's a that's an important distinction because I think this team showed in the last month that they did have talent um pitching really did have to come along pitching wasn't I mean, Pitching was a strong suit considering what they got out of what they had, Mm -hmm. considering there were also some disappointments in that regard too. Um, But what they got and how they competed with what they were able to get out, I think showed that this team was capable of something even more special than what they did. And that to me is, uh, it, it shows a successful season. It shows to me, and I think I said this on Thursday or Friday that 2024. This is a, this was a message to the Big West in 2024 that Hawaii is going to compete for the title in 2024. Wow, I believe that most of this team, you know, they're going to be without Matt Wong and Jacoby e. Gawa. They graduate. Um, they're without a few relievers, but the majority of what made this team really good is back, and I believe this team is Big West championship worthy next year with some of the recruits that they've got coming in and the way I think they do compete. And they will be battle tested because at the beginning of the year, they open up with Ole Miss at home. And that should pack the seats at Les Murakami Stadium. Top 10 in team in the country. Out of the SEC, no less. Champion a couple of years ago. So, Hottie toddy. That's right. So, yeah, I, I think 2024 has the potential to be very special, and I think this was just a preview of that. Um, but I think there's another conversation, is, and it's what happened yesterday to the conference. Dan Butterly is going to join us in 10 minutes. We'll talk about that as well. All right, uh, Sports is coming up in about five and a half minutes. we got another traffic update here in a bit. Um, I want to get a, a, a minute from you on... What we took away, uh, Big West gets one selection into the NCAAs. Um, there are a lot of people that were kind of surprised by it. I don't know. Were, were you not seeing UC Irvine, not seeing uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara in there? Uh, not when uh, – to, to, to me –
2: I wasn't all that shocked. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like the Big West has done enough, at least recently, mm-hmm. especially when one of those teams that was in the conversation, we swept them.
0: Yeah. I thought UC Santa Barbara played its way out. Uh, there you go. They yeah. What did they commit, like eight errors that weekend? Um, they looked all out of sorts, and I, I was surprised. I had thought UC Irvine would get in. Um mm. uh, the tough thing is, and this is the, the part of the conversation we'll have with, with Dan Butterly here in about seven minutes, they sweep UC Riverside. Their RPI goes down. I think they ended up at 49, I think was, uh, there was one point, I think Warren Nolan had them at like 52, but their RPI dropped with a sweep. Their RPI dropped after putting up with 28 on on UC Riverside on Thursday. Hmm you know, to the point where, you know, you got to play style points because you know your RPI is going to get worse no matter um, what you do. And so I, I thought they would have impressed just by the results. That didn't happen. Um, and, and so, you know, I, it, it reminds me a little bit of whether the West Coast gets enough respect. And I think that's something we'll talk about with, with Butterly here in a bit. All right, we're expected to get Dan Butterley, the uh, commissioner of the Big West Conference, here shortly. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Let's, uh, let's roll through some texts here. Um, this one was for you, I believe, if I can find where it was, because, uh, yeah, this thing is a little weird. Here we go. Text from the 783. Yo, Hunter, the strength of the Big West is volleyball. More so than baseball, which is a postseason one bid conference. I mean, I hear that. Thing is, with volleyball, um, you know, volleyball's got some great teams. Volleyball has a conference tournament. There are, are also there are also not a lot of teams that play men's college volleyball. That's right. So that does, and it's not to, to slight the Big West in by any means, but. Um, you know it's it's easier to dominate in that conference and i will also say that um it's not a revenue generator like other sports and so i think we were we were talking about this a little while ago we were talking about you know baseball and and to me your revenue generator should always be what kind of drives you forward right And basketball has to be that sport. In my mind, I think it takes precedence. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to put your emphasis in basketball um, because you do want to at some point be a mid-major that gets more than one berth, which is not kind of where it's at right now. And Uh, most of the Big West schools besides us mm -hmm. don't have football. That's right. Um, we'll talk more about this in a second. I want to bring in Commissioner Dan Butterley of the Big West Conference, who joins us now, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy uh, supporting our military during Military Month, Commissioner. It's good to talk to you. Um, you know, yesterday was obviously a day in which two Big West teams were debated heavily uh, on national television on ESPN Two's uh, NCA selection show, uh, both UC Irvine and UC Santa Barbara. Uh, ultimately, it's Cal State Fullerton only who gets in as the automatic berth. What was your reaction uh, when, when seeing that field release yesterday and, and only seeing one Big West team?
1: Well, obviously, it's a great disappointment. I mean, I, I fully believe UC Irvine and UC Santa Barbara warranted uh, entry into the NCAA baseball championships, and to you know see Cal State Fullerton get in as the AQ and you sit through the rest of the selection show, uh, excited to see additional big West teams enter in and not see that it's obviously it's a very strong disappointment you know you
0: probably saw like like I did the committee chair who had basically said you see Irvine did everything right um, but at the, you know then, and then say, well basically say you know scheduling and that you know post I guess RPI there was one top 50 team and then go on to say, well they did everything right when it came to scheduling and, and, and the in and scheduling Pac-12 teams and only having one loss against the Pac-12 in non-conference play. That's probably the frustrating part, right, is when you hear, yeah, they did everything right, but still it wasn't good enough to get them in. Um, that kind of makes it hard from your perspective as a conference
1: commissioner to be able to say, what else do we need to do? No, that's exactly it. I mean, they, they scheduled up. I mean, you look at their schedule, they – Uh, Tulane obviously didn't have a great season, but Tulane made the NCAA Baseball Championship. They swept Tulane. Um, You look at they swept USC. They swept UCLA, swept Arizona State. I mean, you know, the Pac-12 was supposedly uh, the strongest conference in the West in baseball based upon the number of teams that got in to the NCAA Baseball Championship. And I I was very, very appreciative of our our great partners at ESPN and the baseball uh, talent that they had on the show asking those specific questions relative to UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara, because it allowed the nation to see uh, the reasonings and hear the reasonings that uh, we were given as well as to not their non-entry. But UC Irvine did exactly what they needed to do to get into the NCAA baseball championship. No excuse for why they were left out. I mean, if I, if I had to compare them head-to-head um, with Arizona, I mean, that's what uh, supposedly the chair of the committee was saying that they uh, lost the game to Arizona. They played a one-off game with Arizona, and that's supposedly what the committee took to take Arizona over UC Irvine. It, it, again, just doesn't make any sense to me, and obviously significant frustration uh, on my end as a commissioner and obviously for our baseball coaches as well.
0: You know, the the RPI conversation comes into play, and we, we, we had this a little while ago. Um, you know, the format, the way it is right now, UC Irvine had UC Riverside at the end of the year. Um, U.C. Irvine saw its RPI, you know, actually go down a little bit to uh, to to forty nine after playing that series. And I had thought, you know, as as much as the RPI was what it was, I, I thought U.C. Irvine, based on style points, you know, with with the runs that they scored in those three games, I thought would have been able to to overcome that. So that next part of the conversation, um, you know, does does this show that the RPI, especially for teams? you know, in the West Coast, for, for, for mid-major schools in some conferences, that, that the RPI is not the right system to determine who should get in and who should
1: not. No, the RPI is supposed to be used as a, as a metric to to take a look at teams. It's not supposed to be used as the only metric to select teams in the NCAA baseball championship. There's, there's definitely something called the eye test, and you often hear that during the NCAA basketball selections. Uh, the committee members do an excellent job of looking at all teams that are under consideration, watching games from those teams, and doing what they do as the eye test. And I don't think the NCAA Baseball Committee did a good eye test on Big West programs. I don't think there's any team in the country that would want to play a Big West team in the NCAA Baseball Championship. And I think that's where the NCAA Baseball Committee was way too reliant upon the RPI to judge which team should get in the NCAA Baseball Championship.
0: Commissioner Dan Butterly of the Big West Conference joining us here on Off the Bench, on ESPN Honolulu. I You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned the ESPN talent on the selection show yesterday because I recall, I think it was the UCSB-Long Beach State game that was on ESPNU, one of the games that gets uh, on national television in the Big West Conference, and I think it was Mike Farron, uh, and I don't remember who was working with him, but they made a point that I thought was kind of appropriate and, and goes along with what you're talking about. Um, they made a point that the West region and west coast college baseball in general doesn't get the same eyeballs that you might see the SEC get and the SEC got eight host sites for the for the NCAA's that maybe the ACC gets that maybe you know south to east gets would you say that's fair and if so how do you fix that
1: i think that's very fair and i, I think the challenge we have particularly in western baseball is the number of teams that play baseball uh, in the West, if you look at just the, the western side of the country, from Denver west, there's very generally there's about sixty-five to seventy Division One programs that play basketball in the West, but not that many teams play baseball in, in the West. And I think you know when when uh, the chair of the selection committee is talking about maybe there should be rewards for mileage or travel or those type of things to be considered into the into the system. Well, well the challenge is you've only got so many teams that are playing baseball out west, so absolutely when you look at that the east and particularly the southeast and the, from texas all the way up to you know the virginia area there's a significant number of teams that you could play just driving 30 40 miles down the road for many programs out here you got to drive hundreds of miles to be able to play a number of teams in the west so uh the west is definitely disadvantaged and, and we often get referred to as, as the forgotten time zone uh in many ways when you come to the the mountain time zone the pacific time zone And obviously the Hawaiian time zone. I I don't think there's too many committee members uh, that are staying up watching games when it's 7 o'clock Hawaiian time and it's 10 o'clock Pacific time, let alone 1 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Uh, The games are available. Particularly Big West baseball games are available on the ESPN Plus platform. You don't have to watch them live. You can watch them delayed or watch them the next morning or two days later. Uh, So, again, there's no reason that the committee doesn't do a better evaluation of Western programs because all these games are available for them to watch.
0: Let me follow up on that. I'm going to have Hunter ask a question here. My, my follow-up on that, because you and I have talked about scheduling in basketball and, and what your kind of strategy is to try to elevate the level of, of the Big West in basketball, how you schedule to try to ultimately get the Big West to being more than a one-bid league. From the baseball perspective, um, do you feel like that's being done? I mean, you mentioned UC Irvine doing it right Or do you see a way that it could be done better across the board? Or is there too much inequity that it is uh, is hard to be able to ask everybody in the conference to schedule what might be the best
1: possible way to do so? A lot more challenging, Josh, in baseball than it is basketball. Basketball, you can play anywhere in the country during the winter. I mean, it's an indoor sport. In, in In baseball, it's an outdoor sport. And that's one of the benefits we do have in the Big West, particularly our footprint, is a lot of teams want to come to Big West sites to play because they know they can play it as a spring trip. They know they're going to get good weather, non-conference wise, in that early, you know mid February to early March time frame before conference play starts. I mean, you've only got basically four weeks of scheduling non-conference games from a distance, whether it's Michigan or some other teams that like UC Irvine played to come out this way and play games, and then they all get into conference play. Uh, in that respect, and basically the first week of March all the way through the end of May. Um, so you and then at that point, you're only playing midweek com- non-conference games, and that's where we've got some benefits of playing the UCLA's, the USC's, the Arizona's, the Arizona State's, are midweek games between conference games. So it's a lot more challenging in baseball to uh, get matchups. Uh, that's why you see the disparity in the East and the North uh, getting teams in the baseball championship because they can't get teams to come play them They have to go on the road and play. So it is a little bit more of a different dynamic. But, again, Big West programs, uh, teams want to play Big West programs across the country. Our teams are able to get those opponents. We are playing those opponents, and we are beating those opponents. Six of our teams this year had uh, more than 33 wins, I think, uh, in regular season play. So, again, we're doing what we need to do. It's just up to the committee to look at our games and watch the Big West
2: mr butterley as a, a commissioner i'm, I'm just curious do, do you ever put more precedent on a certain sport for the big west uh, more than the other ones uh, as as a fan i'm always considering the midwest a little bit more of a baseball conference but i'm always curious hearing from someone who actually knows what he's talking about
1: well you know it's one of the things we talked to a membership about we had our uh, initial spring meetings last week with the ad's and senior women administrators and faculty reps and we talk about that often as is- are uh, we putting the right emphasis and the right promotion behind the right sports uh, in the big West? I mean, we don't have as much success yet in basketball that we do in men's volleyball or women's volleyball or baseball softball. Uh, I mean, we're very powerful in those sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're building the basketball brand, but I think every conference in the country puts an emphasis on men's and women's basketball because every team in the, every institution in the country that plays division one has men's and women's basketball. Well, not well, where not every program, has a women's volleyball, men's volleyball, baseball, softball program. So, And that's where the money right now from the NCAA, a predominant amount of it, comes from the men's basketball championship. So you definitely put an emphasis behind that sport and try to generate more interest in that sport. But from a Big West perspective, we are really good at sports that a lot of other teams or a lot of other institutions in the country that don't have, such as men's volleyball. Uh, Commissioner, the last thing
0: I'll ask you, um, does this – you know, seeing the way kind of the regular season ended and ultimately um, what the Big West got in the NCAA is, how much does that kind of further the discussion on the conference championship for baseball and, and softball as well at, at the earliest 2025? Is that something that gets a further or at least more enhanced discussion here? Um, I know there's been some rumors about what the format's going to be. Um, where, where do we kind of sit with that?
1: Uh, I definitely think a baseball championship will help the Big West. I think that's been an issue that we had uh, this past weekend is a lot of uh, the committee members were probably watching games uh, in Indianapolis, watching championship games, whereas the Big West was in a regular season finish. Uh, So there is a lot more emphasis placed, uh, particularly in the selection process, it seems, on having a baseball championship. So I'm excited that the Big West will add a baseball championship in 2025. Uh, The membership did, uh, the coaches did recommend, a format uh, in 2025 and the uh, membership approved uh, that format last week the board of directors will meet uh, on June 8th and we anticipate coming out with some uh, announcements uh, from that meeting next week once the board's able to look and review uh, what's been approved so far through the process but uh, no site to announce yet but uh, we will have a baseball championship in 25.
0: Do you wish you could get it in sooner?
1: Uh, I do in some ways because I think it, you know not having one hurt us this week. I think that's one of the things that the committee uh, probably didn't have was a big West baseball championship to look at. Um, but obviously, we've got to get uh, through this current set of regular season games, uh, find the right site to host the baseball championships, and make sure we pull it off from the first class manner. And having a couple more years to do that uh, will be big once we do launch it.
0: By the way, is there truth to the rumor? And and you can give me a a, a no to the answer or or a, or a can't comment um, if if that's all you can say. But the rumor that's been floating around is that uh, the coaches agreed to a five team format to send off to the uh, to the board. Uh, can you uh, neither confirm
1: or ne- or deny that? Not confirm or deny yet. I'll be able to probably have more direction once the board looks at it next uh, next Thursday morning, and hope to have an announcement coming out of there.
0: That is uh, that is as fair of an answer as we can get. Uh, Commissioner, appreciate you as always, and I, and I appreciate your candor, because I know as as frustrating as it may be, yeah. you still have to be, at, at times, kind of diplomatic about the process as well. So, I appreciate you giving us that honesty, and uh, we will be in touch as we get closer to some more announcements.
1: No, I appreciate the time, too, and obviously, it's, it's more frustration than being, being candid for our student-athletes, because we had student-athletes this week that missed an opportunity uh, that was taken away from them. So, uh, hopefully we'll be able to rectify that. We've had good conversations with the Baseball Selection Committee uh, the last 24 hours, and uh, hope to uh, uh, improve that upon that in 2024. Commissioner, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, that's Dan Butterly, Commissioner of the Big West Conference, who uh, joins us courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia uh, celebrating and supporting our military during Military Month. at Aloha Kia, uh, you know a guy. Let's react to that. All right, Sports Center update coming up. We'll get back to the NBA. Um, we got to get our Heat Nuggets predictions in, but we also got to look ahead uh, to the Boston Celtics in 2023-2024. What should that look like? Uh, that's coming up in a little while. All right, uh, we just had Dan Butterly, Commissioner of the Big West Conference. Uh, what was your takeaway from listening to that?
2: I appreciated his openness and his honesty mm-hmm. as – the commissioner of a prominent mid-major conference and division one athletics, just to hear kind of the frustration on his end on one of our teams did everything that they were supposed to do. Even listening to one of the the panel members on uh, the, the selection show and they still weren't selected. Right. And they can't really give an answer as to why. It's not like the uh, March Madness basketball tournament where you didn't win your game, so you didn't you didn't get in. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Baseball is kind of shrouded in mystery yeah. <laughs> with how you get invited into um, uh, the, the the tournament and who makes and who doesn't and. Uh, He's someone who knows. He's yeah. someone who knows what the criteria are and for him to not really be able to point at, specifically for Irvine, we're talking about Irvine. Yeah. I, I don't think it helped that Santa Barbara got swept by us this right. last weekend. Right. I really think that hurt. Um but for Irvine's sake, hearing from him, you know, our student athletes uh missed an opportunity here.
0: That 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 was uh although sad, I appreciated that honesty. There's, I think, an underlying thing that he can't control. And you can't control when you've got teams in your conference that are underperforming. Every conference has them, but every conference can counter that with the tournament. You know, it's been the Big West's fault, frankly, that they haven't had a tournament up until this point and still won't until 2025. So you find yourself as really the only conference that gets stuck with a potential. Big West team, a potential NCAA tournament team having to get stuck playing UC Riverside. And and with the utmost respect to the UC Riverside program, because they did beat Hawaii two out of three times. When you have a, a an RPI that's in the 250s out of 300-some-odd schools, and you have to play them in the final weekend, that's really rough luck. Hmm. Um, you know, if there was a way to kind of just game the schedule and, you know, you never know how the season's going to play out, but if you could game the schedule where UC Riverside and UC Davis or UC Riverside and CSU Bakersfield were playing in the last weekend and you had, you know, your top teams playing against one another instead of one being saddled with UC Riverside, hmm. you take it, um, you know, UC San Diego. You know that's the other one having an unequal amount of teams. How would that have looked if UC San Diego was eligible for the NCAA's? They won't be for another couple of years, but because they didn't play in the final weekend, there was no chance to look at them because there were no games for them. And with every other conference in conference tournaments, what is what does that say if they're a bubble team with no games? Um, you know this is and, and and Dan butterly inherited this so this is not really on him this is the big west's fault for all the years that coaches didn't want it or you know other people didn't want it this is the conference's own doing and now it's going to have to wait two more years to have to undo it and and, and that's disappointing you know it you feel The tournament
2: stu- is what you're referring to. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's disappointing because it could have it, it could have been a, a situation that, that would have been rectified. Not like you know, not like I'm sitting here rooting for UC Irvine or rooting for UC Santa Barbara, because I'm with you, I wouldn't have put UC Santa Barbara in the field. No. That's my that's my disagreement. UC Santa Barbara looked like a, a, a team that had just felt like it could coast. That was my point a while
2: ago. Yeah. I, I don't think UH would have put seventeen runs on the board against
0: Fullerton or Irvine, right? I mean, Irvine beat him twice. There we go. Shut him out once. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. I'm not probably extending uh, Jalen Brown, not because he's not a terrific player, and he can't be a terrific player going forward on another team, or even the Celtics. But I'm not giving two players $600 million in total, which is what Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown would be making, having played what together in the postseason, like six seasons, six postseasons, and not gotten this done. Not doing that. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. That's the big question, Hunter Hughes, is what the Boston Celtics look like in 2023, 2024. And we'll spend some time talking about the Miami Heat as they get ready for the Denver Nuggets. We'll do our, uh, our predictions coming up in just a little while. But you hear... Michael Wilbon say he wouldn't give Jalen Brown triple digits or or at least the kind of money that some people are talking about. You wouldn't commit that much money to both him and uh Jason Tatum. Is that is that fair? They both weren't all that
2: impressive in this series. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much the whole postseason, Jalen Brown was not that impressive. Um that seems extremely steep for two guys that combined for less three pointers than Caleb Martin mm-hmm. in the Miami Heat series. Um man, I I know that it's kind of like quarterbacks, right? If you have if you have a good one, it's just the going rate. Right. That's the cost of doing business in this in this field. Um if you've got a superstar with like Jason Tatum and he makes first team all NBA, that's just what it's going to cost to keep him on your team. That's, I think that's probably going to be fair. Um, for your Scottie Pippen, that to me is still kind of unproven. Although, you know, he he's a good player. I don't – has he made some all-star teams, Jalen Brown? I don't know if he has or not. Um, I I don't know if – he might be your – your strongest bargaining chip if you were the Boston Celtics with kind of reworking that starting five.
0: Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, see, this is hard. This is where I think Boston's in a in a really bad situation. By the way, two-time All-Star Two time. is, Two is Jalen okay. Brown. Uh, this past year, he was an All-Star, in fact. This is hard. Um, I think what you're missing is the kind of piece that can get you over when Jalen Brown has a bad night and when Jason Tatum has a bad night. Because let's face it, everybody's going to have a bad night at some point. Derek White was all they had yesterday. Yes. um, But the, the fact that you said Derek White and not Marcus Smart yep. is actually kind of concerning to me. Because Marcus Smart, while he's known for his defense, he can shoot. He he can he can drop points. But the green if-
2: hair has to go.
0: <laughs> Why? What's wrong with the green hair?
2: If you're a killer, and you rock green hair, fine, do it. Rodman, Rodman could rock that hair whenever he was producing. Mm. The difference is producing. Yeah, you're going out there with this frizzy green hair.
0: It looks stupid when you're not hitting threes. <laughs> Well, he is known more for his defense than he is known for for hitting threes. Yeah, I, I still,
2: I, I don't care. To, okay, to to me, to get blown out by twenty and you're still rocking that green hair, it's
0: a it's a distraction. So let's let's use the the Dennis Rodman analogy. Then take yeah. it from hair to style, or hair to to characteristic of a team. Okay. Dennis Rodman. When you think of those years with the Bulls, yeah. Dennis Rodman was important because he gave you some 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 nasty. He gave you some toughness um, and rebounds. It's it's like when you when you create a meal. I don't know. I've been watching Food Network a lot recently. <laughs> Beat Bobby Flay. Good show. Josh is hungry. No, I got these hot mustard chips right in front of me. <laughs> Not all that hungry, and I did have <laughs> leftovers today. Um, you want to balance your flavors, right? So that you're not, um, you know, if you if you have something that's acidic, that you want to balance that out so that the acid isn't like, like, like overpowering you. Same thing if it's like overly salty or if it is overly sweet, you might just ruin the whole thing. So. Finding a way to balance those those flavors out so it's not too extreme mm. is important. I felt like Dennis Rodman was that. He balanced your stardom. He balanced, I mean, Jordan, in a way, was kind of a finesse player with the way he played the game. You, you had an outside shooter in Steve Kerr. You kind of add that to the finesse. Scotty Pippen. I kinda add that a little bit. And by the way, Scotty Pippen, stop saying that Michael Jordan was a horrible player. Just just shut your mouth. Don't 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 even do that.
2: butt butthurt that Jordan's like, son is now dating his ex-wife. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Scotty yeah, needs to stay off of Mike. Yeah, the, the
0: the jealousy is rampant. And That's it right. Is, and it is not necessary. But anyway, Dennis Rodman balanced that out with his I don't care. Um I am tough. No one's gonna bully me. Attitude. There was there was the you know, th- there was that glue. Marcus Smart, as much as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can do offensively, Marcus Smart is the personality of that team. But the problem is he is um he's not enough of like. That Rodman-esque, yeah, like he's he's got a a little bit of a temper to him, but I don't think it always translates. Like like go back to Rodman. Rodman didn't care about scoring. No, he you know he might give you two points, but he'll also give you twenty rebounds. Yes, and he'll block about three to four shots. And he's guarding
2: their best guy.
0: Yes, Marcus Smart can't figure out whether he wants to be the best defender in the league. Or whether he wants to be the guy taking ridiculous shots. Um, I think of, uh, was it the end of game five is what I'm thinking of, I think. When I think of one of the shots, he took like an, an off-balance three that was contested. It's like, that's that's not you.
2: Or the ending to game six. He was the one to take the last second shot that missed. Right. And then Derek White came and miraculously put it back in with point .1 left on the clock. Right. I think of someone actually more like Draymond Green. Okay, okay. Uh, When Draymond Green is at his best, okay, he's actually a facilitator to come alongside Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that's what smart needs to be, but he is not. No, And I don't actually know if that's all his fault. With the offense that I've watched in this, this past series and a little bit in the 76ers, mm-hmm. their only plan was to shoot threes mm-hmm. and hopefully we we make enough to beat whoever we're playing that looked like the only strategy from Boston, yeah, it's very difficult to facilitate in that type of an environment
0: see and and so the problem with smart, whether it's the offense or it's him or it's coaching or it's him yeah, is he wants to be everything, but he can't, and because of that, he kind of drowns out Tatum and Brown. He takes away at times what they can be. So when he is, because I don't think of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as the identity of the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart sticks out too much. Um, and and his his sometimes chirpiness yeah. tends to distract. So to me, I don't mind giving a lot of money to, to, to Brown and Tatum, realizing that they are still not, I don't look at any of them as like, Okay, Jordan to Pippin or Pippin to Jordan. I look at them as both Pippins. Mm-hmm. Um, but could there be someone on that? <laughs> I'm sorry. But Jason Tatum really wants to be
2: Jordan. Yeah, he does. But doesn't want the responsibility. Yeah. He can pop off and say, humbly, I'm the best player in the world. Right. And then doesn't want any of the
0: pressure whenever it comes to it. Right. I mean, like, and and Mark. That's sta- why I'm laughing. And Mark, stay there. We'll get to you in a moment. I want to finish the NBA discussion here. Like, look, maybe there is a facilitator to your point that could help Jason Tatum get to that point where he's closer to being a Jordan type on that team. And I'm not, and, and I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan. So don't get that thought no. in your head. A Jordan type. And allowing Jalen uh, Brown to be more of that Pippen type, Tatum's supposed to be the dude. Yes, but he's got nobody to help him be that dude. And maybe that's what you need. You need a distributor who is not gonna is not gonna stand out necessarily on his own, but is gonna give you that right mix to allow those two flavors, like we're talking about, creating a dish to allow. Brown and Tatum to elevate, while you're kind of the base of the dish. I don't know who that is, but I know it's not Marcus Smart. And if there if there is any player, I would get rid of because the first thing I would do is get rid of Joe Missoula. Um, I don't think he is the coach for that team. I don't think he's very good with adjustments. I don't I don't think he's any of that. Missoula would would be gone in my book. I I don't think he can inspire that team. But the next thing I would do is look at Marcus Smart and I would shop him. Um hmm. because I don't I don't I don't think he's the right guy. Now, granted, he signed a contract extension, so it's gonna be very tough. He's got, I think, three more years on that contract extension. He's gonna get eighteen and a half million dollars next year. Nice. It's nice. But if you think Boston's gonna win a ring with those three, some expensive hair dye. <laughs> uh Mark wants to get in here on UH baseball real quick. Mark, how are you?
1: Hey, what's up, Josh? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, um, good season this year. Um, been listening to you all year. Um, what a fun weekend. Um, <laughs> I was able to go on Friday night, and that was that was a good game. But I missed the game on Saturday. So, but I was listening to you. So, but that was a fun game.
0: Thanks for listening. Um,
1: any, anyway, um, just so, I don't know if you touched upon this, but um, two part question. What what um what kind of recruits we got coming in, and also um. Is there is there any possibility of us losing guys through the draft this year?
0: Who, that's a good question. I mean, right now, you know, and I won't go through through all the recruits. um, Just that that's going to be a long list. I know they they are you know highly touting a lot of the guys they have, especially in pitching, which I think could very well um, you know affect the rotation. One of those guys, I think he's playing for the uh, Portland Pickles in the off season, and that's a, a a summer ball group. He's a kid from Japan uh, that is considered one of the, you know, one of the better pitchers there. Um, And you would kind of think, all right, he'll kind of get himself into the rotation right away along with Gustin and Abshire. And then you you also kind of think that, you know, offensively they're still going to be fine, um, you know, with a lot of what they have returning. So, I mean, the, I, I look at the recruits as part of the conversation, but I I also look a little bit more as to, um, you know what they have coming back that I think is going to be really really exciting. Uh, th- that I think will will really stand out. So I I think there's a lot to that conversation. Itsuki Takemoto is who I'm talking about, by the way. Is that um that uh, that pitcher who's going to pitch in Portland uh, in the summer? And he's ex- I think he's expected to be kind of a a frontline guy for Hawaii. Um, pitching should turn it around. I, I think is is the first thing. Now, as to the draft, I haven't really gotten that vibe that the draft could heavily impact Hawaii's recruiting class. Um, I think it and but what I've been told is there's the potential in a couple of years with some of the guys that they've already recruited in a couple of years that the draft could affect that uh, with some of the some of the talent they are recruiting. But right now it doesn't seem like you know the team's really worried about that at this point. But,
1: Sounds good, man. We need we need some, we need to learn how to pitch on the road, and we should be okay, right?
0: You uh, you you'd think so? Yeah. Um, I, but I think the bigger thing, and Mark, appreciate your call. Thank you for listening, my friend. Thanks, Mark. I, I think what's bigger is um, just pitching depth. It's it's hard for the for most of the year pitching with just five guys and trying to win a conference through that. And and they got a little bit better as the year went along, but that's hard to do over a majority of time in a conference when you've got other teams who are much more loaded in conference play that can throw a guy out for an inning and throw another guy out for an inning and throw another guy out for an inning and another guy to get you a couple of outs where you watch conference play and, you know, whatever – you know, Gustin and Abshire are done. You're, you're relying on multiple innings from Giroux, multiple innings from Bodendorf, multiple innings from Connor Harrison. Um, and then here and there, maybe an inning from Dival, maybe an in- inning from Rennie. Um, you saw a bunch of teams that showed a lot more pitching depth than Hawaii had. And again, I mean, to what we said prior, Hawaii was three games out of first with a lack of pitching depth. Mm. That's pretty amazing. Um, so, so credit to, uh, to Matthew troop on that, by the way, Portland pickles, great name for a, uh, for a summer league team. Uh, and and I'm not opposed to that. No, that's fun. Uh, they actually joked on Twitter that they got more, um, they have more players or, or I'm sorry, more fans in attendance for a Portland pickles game than an Oakland A's game. Wow. It's not saying much. But uh, good luck to uh, Nigel Lee he Calderon. Dylan Waite will be uh, going into the program. He's a left-hander. Uh, Kevin Ferguson's going to be going to the program. He's a first baseman, and uh, then yeah, Itsuki Takimoto is going to be a part of that as well. So there's there's a couple of guys who will uh, will get some work there in the summer league before they even play a game for the University of Hawaii, which I think is uh, kind of a neat thing. You know, we just had this conversation. During the break, we were talking about um, Trader Joe's. We just got a uh, we just got a gift. Thank you, Darren, of uh, Trader Joe's uh, roasted and salted almonds, which is uh, really really neat, and I I appreciate it because uh, last trip I went on, which was to um, uh, Northridge, Hmm. I was supposed to make a, a a run to Trader Joe's, but I forgot I had a Zoom meeting on Sunday, and it lasted about six hours. So when the meeting well it's it's an it's it's an important meeting. We um it, it's like a scholarship selection meeting. So we take a the time to get a 6 hour yeah. Zoom call. Well, it's partly my fault. You see um how many I, bathroom
2: breaks did you take during a 6 hour Zoom call? 0.
0: Wow. We had like one break. Don't look at me like that. We we had one break for like 15 minutes but
2: no the uh board of regents didn't take that long to select the next
0: athletic director at UH <laughs> no but here okay but this is my wow. fault this is my fault because prior to the pandemic we were all meeting in person and it took a little while cuz there's a lot of names that you go through and you talk about their credentials and all that stuff and it's it's a it's an important process okay um It became longer because I started traveling for baseball, and and this group was kind enough to allow me to continue in the process, but that process included me having to go through Zoom, and it became a fully Zoom process, and part of it is the pandemic. Part of it is also my fault. So it does take a little bit longer to go through the process, but six hours, if you're carefully going through, um, I think you're considering like 30-some-odd people, Okay. For, for for these awards, um, you know, you, you want to give each individual the respect it deserves or they deserve. And so, yeah, six hours. I made the mistake. I had the wrong day for the meeting. Oof. I thought it was a Saturday. Um, and so I, was gonna like, oh, I said to myself, all right, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's on Sunday. As Saturday rolled along, I realized the meeting's not on Saturday. It's on Sunday. And so um Trader Joe's got thrown out the window on Saturday. Then he got thrown out the window on Sunday. Nobody's fault but my own. Um, so we were just talking about things that we got a gift to Trader Joe's. I had some Quiznos on the road, which there are very few of those now. Yeah. Um, even in California, there are very few of those, and so we which were just, is unfortunate. Yeah. Quiznos is bangers. So we were just reminiscing, and I realized I just I'm I'm gonna roll through this because we got like 20 seconds. I was just realizing. We, um, there's a Quiznos in Kapolei. There's one in the airport that's never open at night, which is a bummer because I always take red eyes. So I'm saying, man, we could use some sandwiches. And and what does Keegan do? We're talking about Quiznos this entire time, right? And and was he yelling to the microphone? Subway! Final words in uh, just a little bit are not too early because it's only two days away. That's right. Uh, look at Heat Nuggets coming up in just a little while. Texter from the 208. Hey, we got to get football conversation in here. Maybe Hunter can help the Raiders. I think they're talking about you, Hunter. I think you are the Hunter that's being referenced in this uh, in this text. Okay. Maybe you can help the Raiders just tank if Josh McDaniels can keep his job. I would imagine. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo seems to be hurt, maybe not able to fulfill his contract. Maybe his contract could become null and void. And so now apparently we're looking at you. I don't know who texted that. but Text her from the
2: 208. What makes you think I'm a tanking quarterback? You don't think I could jump in there and, and get some wins? And, you know turn that franchise around, cars out of there. Well, what if I'm the QB of the future? I, I don't like this thought of, yeah, you know, I know of a guy who used to play quarterback. Throw him in there and tank. How long ago did you play in London? or, or uh, France, France. France in 2019. Okay, so you've got it. was to... only a couple years ago. Okay, so you still got it apparently. Of course. <laughs> So, I okay, if we're going to throw out hypotheticals, I don't like my name being thrown around with
0: tank. Oh, man. Hey. I'm still a competitor. Look, I, I, I feel the passion. I hear the passion, but there are worse things in the world. Your name could be associated with the Houston Texans. Oof. Take the uh, tanking part as a badge of honor because at least it's not with the Texans. At least it's with a... The Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I would
2: give it my all, and I'm winning some games. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. How many wins? How many wins are you putting on the board?
2: Well, I'm, we're definitely beating Denver both times we play them. So there's two.
0: Wait, hold on. Is this on the field or is this on 2K? Or Madden?
2: Oh, shut up. <laughs> That I might I might just go home after that comment. I,
0: I'm just I'm just making wow. sure. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I, I just I just need to get on the same page with
2: you. I'm think I'm just I'm thinking, okay, AFC West. We're not we're not beating the Chiefs. That's not happening. Uh Chargers is gonna be steep. Okay. <laughs> um We've got a building defense. I'd say I'm going to give us seven wins.
0: Seven wins?
2: Yeah. Seven and ten. And I don't think that's a tanking season. What, like, what, what were they last year? What, what was the Raiders record that's last like, year? That's
0: backdoor AFC wild card is, is what you're saying. Yeah. I
2: mean, if... Uh, the the Bucks made it in with a losing record last year. Raiders are six and eleven a year. There we ago. go. Hey, we're on the upswing. <laughs> we're on the upswing. Tank. Yeah, right. All right. So so uh you need to give Mark Davis a call. I look like uh a relative of his, so maybe that maybe that fits.
0: Just um <laughs> just not in the follicle department. Oof. That's all I'll say to that. Hopefully uh, not. You know, let's, uh, let, let's, let's transition here. NBA Finals kick off on Thursday. We'll have game one here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, nuggets and Heat. We only have a couple days, and you know what? We, we got to make a prediction and just set it right now. Heat, Nuggets, who, how many games, why?
2: Nuggets in six. Okay. I think the Heat have proven themselves to um, be an incredibly well-coached team. Uh, a very disciplined team. And they will probably find a way to stop one of the duo of Jokic and Murray. One of the two. Probably not both on bo- on all the nights. Which is why I'm giving them the nod in the series. Um, but they will not be swept.
0: Okay. I will go Nuggets in five. And I'll look at it this way. I'm, when I look at the Heat, I want to know two things. Can Jimmy Butler be the sole difference maker for winning a game against Denver? And the other one is, can Eric Spolstra yeah. be a reason for them winning X amount of games against Denver? I will say, I think coaching gives the Heat a game. And that's the one game I'm giving him. As much as I like Jimmy Butler, I don't think he is good enough by himself or even with Bam playing a decently good game um, to beat Denver. I don't know that anybody matches up with Nikola Jokic. Um, He's just that different of a player, and Miami is just not that different of a team.
2: Yeah, put it this way. AD was... In my mind, such a better defender than mm-hmm. Adebayo. mm-hmm. much much better, and Jokic
0: ate him alive. Yes. Um, I don't want people to get the impression that I I'm saying it too because of, well, um, you know, Miami had, had Miami doesn't belong here. No, you know, they're in no. no, Miami does. They they earned their right for the finals. They absolutely. Have. absolutely. But I think Denver on seven more days rest than what Miami's going to have on really the best team in the NBA for the majority of the year, not just in the playoffs. I think it's going to kind of come to fruition here that they're going to get to show it. I think on this stage, Um, Eric Spolstra may be a better coach than Michael Malone, although I think it's close. Uh, um, Coach Malone's done a really nice job, but I don't think he can overcome just the star power of Jokic and Murray and KCP and, and, and so Porter and, and Porter um, that they are a full team. Yes,
2: man, and and strong. The Denver Denver has looked like the best team for a while now. Yeah, and really the matchup that I wanted when Giannis went out was I wanted Philly against Denver. Okay. Because I feel like the only other person to match up well against Jokic is Embiid.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um however, Harden was just so hot and cold <laughs> that I don't know if they had enough firepower besides Embiid to hang with Denver cuz Denver's going to get you 120 a night. Right. They just are. They're amazing in transition. But They're a phenomenal three-point shooting team with Caldwell Pope establishing himself as a knockdown shooter. And Jokic and Murray are the best two-man duo
0: in the game right now. I just don't know if Embiid would be healthy by that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would love to see that matchup too, but Embiid's track record of, of being healthy would probably jeopardize that.
2: Trust the process.
0: <laughs> that, unfortunately, is the process. Uh, Been trusting could... that process for a long time now. Now— Better question. Okay. Well, maybe not better question. Let's look ahead two years. If the Nuggets are what they are, if the Heat are what they are yeah. and healthy, um, do you see either of these teams back in the finals in each of the next two years?
2: It man, it's it's so hard to make a prediction because I did not have the Heat in the finals. And somehow they clawed their way in here with um, a lot of seniority, a lot of experience, um, grit, mm-hmm. coaching. Uh, chances are Spolster's still going to be there in two years. Chances are he'll probably be there in another five years. Yeah, at least. Probably as long as he wants. Yes. Uh, they're an organization that's kind of old school down there. Pat Riley... Oversees every inch of that operation and only goes with guys that he wants to work with. And Spolster is his guy, yeah. um, That he promoted. So that I don't think is changing. And along with that, I don't think the culture is changing down there within that team. Um, whew, the what? It's tough though. You know, even though Denver is playing well right now, the West is so strong. The West is so strong uh, on any given night where it really just depends on who's healthy for me. It's hard to make a a two-year out. uh, Man, I'm going to go here. I know you're going to like this. Who knows what the Spurs are going to be in two years as well with Wembenyama.
0: I think the Spurs will still be a work in progress, even with him. I I think Denver gets in there each of the next two years. I think Denver can make this a, a, a pretty fun run. Wow, I think they could make three consecutive years as uh, as an NBA Finals team. I'm not going to say they're going to win the Finals in each of the next three years, but I think they can get there. I think Miami has another Finals in them, and I the thing that made them so difficult this year was because of the injury to Butler and some of the other injuries they had. They are an eight seed that didn't that really wasn't necessarily an eight seed. So we look at them differently, and I think a lot of people who just see maybe who didn't watch the NBA all year long because there was no reason to. Um yeah. the NBA has done that to itself. Don't don't see a lot of that. All they see is, Oh, eight seed. Why are they here? Got through the play and they're here. Now great. You know, they're playing with house money. When really they're they're much better than their record, they're much better than much their better. seed. Seeding happens to play. It's it's like the Lakers, right? The Lakers weren't a true seven seed, but they were there because they had injuries to LeBron and AD and others, and they were healthy at the right time to make that late push in the month of April. Um, that's why I do think the heat have one more finals appearance in them. If they are what they are, they could be right back here and be no surprise. And I'd love to see it. Cause I'd, I'd love to see Jimmy Butler get his due in the playoffs yeah. with a deep run in the playoffs because I don't think he gets enough respect in the regular season.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's not as consistent during the regular season. And I think for him, it's, it's similar to me like, like, like LeBron where I don't think he cares mm-hmm. during the, the no, regular you're right. season. You're right. And why would he? Why would you risk injury when it doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. You could coast, make yourself into – them and the Lakers are examples of this. You can kind of coast into the play in tournament, now buckle down and be totally fine and make a playoff run. Right.
0: We'll see. Apparently, someone says I need a calculator. I guess I didn't properly do math on the approximations of played 57 games, fit 18 home runs, what it is you could possibly get to by 162. Uh, don't care. Insert
2: the gif of the lady with the algebra equations like swirling over her head and trying
0: I'm, to figure out the math. I'm giving approximations, and I don't really care at this point to be entirely accurate. And it, we're uh, we're not even
2: in June yet. We're in May. No. It's all, it's all spitballing at this point. The whole point of that was just to spitball during the scoreboard. And we were excited for Judge.
0: Right. Yeah. And then someone just had to decide to go – Maybe you need a calculator. Sorry for the fun. Gosh. That's sorry. That just brought down my mood today.
2: He just had 64 last year. Who knows what he could do this year?
0: Right. He's a monster. Um, You know, we don't have a radio show because we are great in algebra. That's not why we have a radio show. We have a radio show because we're great in sports. Some people might think that's debatable. But <laughs> not because we're good in algebra or geometry or calculus.
2: We're just good at talking. Yeah,
0: That's also a good point. That's, that's
2: very true. That as well.
0: Final words. You're up first, my friend.
2: So wanted to get into this about Judge. Uh, when you look at what Bonds did, he had to go through so much intentional walking, something that is kind of out of the modern game. -hmm. When you watch baseball these days, and um, that sure there have been other sluggers between Bonds and Judge, but not at the level where Judge is at, where he's competing for um, you know the 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 Babe Ruth mark, the Roger Maris mark, and then who knows what could happen? I'm not going to presume the fact that he's going to get seventy, right? Um, but,
0: cause you know, if you, if you presume that he could get 70, I need a calculator you need a calculator. I need a calculator. Um, Someone texted said, don't, don't worry about the haters, Josh. It's not, it's not worry, it said ignore the haters, Josh. It's, it's not that necessarily they're a hater yeah. by saying you need a calculator. It's just like, they're just no fun. Mm. Like the no fun police showed up on our phone line and said, oh, maybe your guy needs a calculator. That's not that's not a hater. I just make fun of it because it's just no fun. Yeah. I want to infuse the fun back into the no fun. But anyway, I apologize. No, it's all good. I one thing
2: I always hated was the intentional walk. Uh-huh. There we go. There, there, there's a little. Welcome back. There, 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 there's a little uh, <laughs> zag back to our conversation. Um, I am mm-hmm. thankful that the intentional walk is out. Maybe not completely out. Not really. Um yeah. the the four pitches is out. I think they just elect the person, okay, we want to walk him, go to first. Yeah. Um however, I think there there needs to be something to be said that Bonds did that while they were intentionally walking him. I I, I don't yeah. have the, the numbers in front of me, but it's crazy impressive what he was able to do. And they're continuing to pitch to Judge. Yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering at what level do they start walking him and if you had a thought on that.
0: Um that's a good question. I mean, you're right. I mean he's I, I don't have and they don't really keep the number on well, the intentional other thing, walks. Uh
2: Judge Judge's home runs are not always tied with them winning,
0: unfortunately. Right. They're not atop the AL East. He's walked thirty eight times. He's on pace to walk less than he did last year.
2: Better get the calculator
1: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 38 times three. Maybe add one that's, more. That's You're pretty there. steep, Josh. We're going to need to uh, one four- make, make sure these are accurate. And he walked a total of 100. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. I better have taken out the calculator. Walked. Uh, no, no, that's right. He walked, no, he walked 111 times. He's actually on pace to walk as many times as he did this year as last. Wow. Gosh. <laughs> I did that to myself. Actually, here, here's the number. This, this is the number you want. He was intentionally walked 19 times a year ago. That, that is not a lot. You want to know how many this year? How much? Take a guess. Six. Less. Wow, He's only been intentionally walked three times this year wow. in 196 played appearances. Because
2: baseball is all about stats and um, percentages. I, I know they have the data on him. Mm-hmm. So that's intriguing to me. Yeah.
0: And, you know, that number probably would be a little bit more of at-bats in which they purposely were pitching to him but not truly pitching to him. So there's there's that too. Yeah. Um, Part of that, I think, is when you're in a lineup that has so many good offensive threats that you have to pitch to him. Mm. You can't, and that's why the Yankee lineup can be so dangerous because you can't necessarily just pitch around him or intentionally walk him. You do have to challenge him sometimes. And you have to pay the price to challenge him sometimes. But when Aaron Boone puts together the right lineup and that right lineup is stacked together and hits, Judge can be great.
2: Oh, Absolutely. Um, Not much you can do.
0: Yeah. Um, I have two last words. Actually, I well, I don't know if I'll get my last word in. I, I did want to get this from Scott. How many times do you think Aaron Judge gets tested once a week? At least. You think he does? I oh, th- yeah. I don't think he does. I don't think he gets tested once a week. Mm. I think maybe he gets tested once a month. I don't you, think Major you'd League- be
2: surprised, man.
0: I don't know that Major League Baseball is that stringent on it.
2: I think they are, and we just don't
0: hear about it. Mm, Which would be a good sign, which means that he's not flunking tests. Uh, My final word was going to be on UH Baseball, but I would need more time. So my final word is on these hot mustard chips (laughs) that we have here in studio. I just happened to see this downstairs. Um, They had a flavor last week, which was tangy ketchup. Um, I don't know why. It just looked weird, so I bought it. Doritos hot mustard flavored chips. Uh, We have both had it. In five seconds, your thoughts?
2: Three out of ten. Woo!
0: Um, I would actually say this is a surprising five and a half. Wow. It's like putting that hot mustard powder in shoyu, mixing it, and then dipping sashimi in it.